Say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. On today's episode of Champagne Problems, we're talking black excellence. Featuring LeBron James and none other than the Queen Bee herself stings again. I'm also talking about ways we need to level up as a people during random rants. And later, my champagne toast goes to a former YouTuber gone Hollywood. And also, I'm introducing a new name to an old segment. All that and more. So pop your bottle and grab your glass. Champagne problems starts now. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Champagne Problems, the smart, funny, and opinionated podcast that bridges the gap between Hollywood celebrities and everyday people by discussing various topics in pop culture. Thank you again for tuning in. I'm so excited about this episode because we are talking about black excellence. I think it's something that is really needed right now in this day and time. It's a lot of great things that's going on with our people. So this episode is just unapologetically black. And uh, I'm happy about this. But uh, before we get started, you know, I got to do my shameless plugs. Y'all make sure y'all follow me on social media. My Instagram is at uh, official underscore Nico. Nico is spelled N-I-C-H-O. That's at official underscore Nico. And make sure y'all follow the podcast uh, page on Instagram. It's at Champagne Problems. Um, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about uh, LeBron James opening up this new school in Ohio. We're going to be talking about uh, Beyonce and the new September uh, cover of Vogue and what she's doing with that. Um, and much, much more. Talking about leveling up as black people. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into that nitty gritty. Alright, alright, so we're just going to get right into it. Um, we're going to talk about, I think I want to start with LeBron James first. So, um, he opened up a new school on Monday uh, called the I Promise School. It's a public school in his hometown in Ohio. I think it's Akron, Akron, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. Um... I, you know, when I first heard about it, I was just kind of like, okay, you know, uh, I, that's a good move. But I think when people open schools, a lot of times you're just like, okay, whatever, just one, you know, a little effort that you're doing, a little tax write-off or whatever, you know. And I'm not a negative person, but I kind of wasn't, I don't know, when I first heard about it, it was just kind of, it went over my head, the, you know, when I first heard about it. 
But uh, when I started reading into it, I was like, wow, this is not like any other school. One, what I love is a public school. I think that's the most important thing. It's not a, um, you know, like some private charter school or, you know, some performing arts high school, although I love performing arts schools. Um, but um, it, it really is like a school that is just really needed. Um, from my understanding, I guess Akron students K through 12 are have really been falling behind and you know, they're very kind of like unprivileged kids and uh, underprivileged kids, I'm sorry. And, um, you know, low-income families and things like that. So um, when I pulled up the, some of the, like, I guess, um, benefits of the school or whatever you want to call them, um, they're going to be focused on accelerated learning. This is what I thought was cool. They're going to uh, provide job placement assistance for parents. That actually is a game changer um, because, you know, I think a lot of obviously, you know, underprivileged and low income kids come from underprivileged and low income adults. So I think that's really cool to try to work from the top on down. Like, you know, it's like while your kids are at school getting an education you know, let's also help you get your life together and get yourself situated in a space that you can better take care of your children and yourself. I think that's dope. I think that's probably my favorite thing about this school uh, because it gets everybody involved. Um, I like the fact that it has an on-site food bank. Um, you know, I don't know much about his hometown, but like I know um, a, a statistic I read here a few years ago in Indianapolis, where I am in public schools, that um, I don't know what's changed, but like 70, like 60 or 70 something percent of kids only eat meals at school in public schools here. That was a, a statistic I read. And I remember that blew my mind um, to think that a lot of kids only eat at school. They eat their breakfast, you know, a lot of schools serve breakfast. And lunch, of course. Um, and it's it's disheartening to find out that a lot of kids don't eat full meals or well-balanced meals um, outside of school. That's hard to imagine. So I think that that's cool. There's an on-site um, food bank. Um... I like that they have like support groups and like there's some I think like some counseling for students who have stress from uh, you know economic causes. I think that's important because growing up somebody growing up as a kid, um, I kind of was fortunate to I live like both lives where I, I lived in poverty, but then I also lived um, most of my teenage years in like the suburban life, and you know. I know how stressful that is to live in poverty um, and what that that type of cloud it puts over your household. You know, sometimes you see <laughs> families out and about and you be like, damn, they mama's so mean. They so, she's so damn ghetto. She's always yelling at her kids and this and that. But the truth told is she's just angry and she's stressed out. She's pissed at her baby daddy. She's, and that's no shade. 
But, you know, she's mad at her baby daddy. She's upset because she either is not working or she is being underpaid in what she's doing. She's hardly making ends meet. And that's stressful. And to be raising kids by yourself, that's uh, that's stressful. So, you know, um, I think, and it's so stressful on a child because you don't really understand, you know. Um, just a quick, you know, thing about myself. Like, I remember when I... Recently, I had to learn to, like, forgive my mother for things that I felt like she didn't do or did do when I was a child. Because when I think about it, you know, my mother had me when she was 18. She's a single mother. And I'm now 28, getting ready to be 29. And I think about that sometimes, and I'm like, wow. If I was like my mother right now, I'd have a 10-year-old. I don't know what the fuck I would do with a 10-year-old right now. Like, I, I, like I really don't. Um, and so, you know, because I'm still, you know, out here dipping and doing it and thotting and bopping and whatever. And, you know, I go when I please. And, you know, I'm hitting the streets and the clubs and, you know, all the things that people in their 20s do. And, you know, my mother didn't do any of that. Um, you know, my mother was a mother. She did not dump me off on, you know, other people and things like that. And so, when you realize the decisions that you made, but a lot of times I always felt like my mother didn't like me, you know, when it came to certain things or whatever, I don't know. And I realized that growing up, I'm like, it's just stressful. Like, she was just stressed. Uh, <laughs> you know, being poor is stressful. So, um, you know, I, I realized that. So, I think it's important to, like, have kind of, like, support on campus for things like that. Um, another thing on the school, what is it? Um, oh, this was pretty cool. Um, every student gets a bike, so they're able, it says, to escape dangerous parts of town and explore. I think that's important. Growing up in a small town, um, until I was 12, um, I grew up in a really small town. You can get around the whole city in about 30 minutes, tops, if that, um, I was a big bike rider. Um, shout out to one of my best friends, Joy. Like, bike riding was like the thing to do. Like, you, you, we rode all over the place. And even though we may have lived in, you know, I don't know, maybe not the best neighborhoods or whatever, like, we were able to ride all over town and go. And, you know, I will say, I remember, you know, with him and uh, my other good friend, childhood friend, shout out to Leo. Um, you know, riding through, we used to love riding through, like, um, there was an area in the town I grew up, it was called Long Beach, I grew up on a, um, on Lake Michigan, and there was an area right off the beach called Long Beach, and it was kind of where, like, wealthy people lived, with, like, big beach homes, or their backyards were, like, private beaches, and things like that, and I remember, um, like, you literally feel like you're, like, in the Hamptons, it was weird to be, or, like, on, like, um, like in Orange County or Laguna Beach or something. It's really strange because the rest of the city doesn't look like that. But um, I remember Leo and I used to love to ride through those um, neighborhoods and things. There was a bunch of hills and, like, these just really big homes and all of that. And I remember we used to just ride through and, like, kind of just admire that. And it lets you be, like, a dreamer and realize that there's more than your block. Um, and so I can appreciate that it's as small as it sounds like giving a kid a bike um 
I know what that was like to have a bike for me when I was growing up. So, um, and then what was something else that I saw that caught my attention? Oh, and it guarantees free college tuition to the University of Akron to all graduates starting in 2021. So, I think that's dope too. So, of course, I mean, you know, college is expensive. You know, I'm paying student loans right now without a degree, but you know, we won't go there. Uh, but I am going back to school, though, actually this month. But maybe I'll talk about this another time. Um, but, yeah, I just think that's dope that um, LeBron is doing that. Like, he's just not some super famous athlete that's just, you know, running around, balling out of control and, you know, just doing whatever he wanted to do. Like, he really is, like... Um, looking out for his people and that to me is what black excellence is all about um is is providing elevation um and providing hope to the hopeless um you know because being in poverty can really cause you to be hopeless it really can um you know so shout out to him i really think it's just like really dope and i think i hope a lot of a lot more athletes and things like that will step up like you know i know people some people have a big deal make a big deal about athletes and their salaries and about how they're so overpaid and blah 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 blah. but if if they're able to do things like this go for it um and i i just i think he sets a great example um not only just being a great athlete because he really is a great athlete um I just like the fact that he is really, um, <laughs> sorry, a random ass song. Um, I just like the fact that he's really using his, his clout, so to speak, and all of that. And looking out for your hometown where you come from. I think you always should start where you come from. Um, one of my biggest frustrations with um, people that are from Indianapolis, there's not a lot of us from here. But, uh, I said us like I was a celebrity, but you know what I meant. Um, there's not a lot of, um, famous people who are, um, from Indianapolis, but we have, um, David Letterman, Babyface, Vivica Fox, and Mike Epps. And the only person that does anything for the city out of the people that I name is Mike Epps. Um, Mike Epps reps his city like, full you know full throttle like but the rest of them trash when it comes to representing the city um there should be no there's no reason why there isn't a performing arts high school in indianapolis that's like that was made by you know with them teaming up vivica baby i'm especially mad at babyface i think uh just the fact that i'm like you know babyface is from here and of course, he teamed up with L.A. Reid, who is actually from Ohio, um, and then they moved to Atlanta and built Atlanta up and become. And that's where Lafayette. To me, I always say. I mean, granted, with music would be totally different and blah 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 blah. But I just always felt like Lafayette honestly should have been something that was a Midwest thing. Um, I, I just I have a thing about people like moving away and 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 doing certain things and not really providing the the hand to their community but 
you know, I still love and respect those people, but I'm just saying, like, I just wish that would have been something that they would have done. So that was a really big thing that stuck out about the LeBron James story that I was like, you know, he started in his hometown, and I think that's important. Um, But, yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that. Shout out to LeBron James and, and the I Promise School. Um... I also wanted to talk about, you know, under my girl, Queen B, Miss Beyonce, um, which I didn't know this. I don't know where I've been. Y'all have been so busy with work. Like, um, I get home and like, I just, I don't know. I just turn into like, I don't even know what to call it. Like I, you know, there was a time where like, I, I just like ate, breathed and slept, um, like blogs and you know, getting up and reading Shade Room and, you know, all these different blogs and all that. And now, like, I just, I have no idea what's going on most of the time until I start researching for the next show. Um, and I don't know how I missed, I did not know Beyonce was going to be on the cover of the September issue of Vogue until, like, two days ago. Um, I'm really excited about that because I think she's, like, the third black woman to be on the September issue of Vogue. I feel like she's done it before. Maybe it wasn't the September issue, though. But I know Naomi's been on the September issue. And... Naomi Campbell, that is. Um, I don't... I can't think of who else it's been, because it wasn't Tyra. I don't know. It's somebody random. Like, I feel like it's like Jennifer Hudson or somebody. I think Jennifer Hudson was on the cover of all. Maybe it wasn't the September issue. Maybe she was just on the cover of all. But anyway, um, doing her whole like Dream Girls moment. Um, but anyway, so she's gonna be on the September issue of Vogue. You know, of course, that's a big issue for Vogue. That's fashion's biggest. You know, September magazines. Anybody who still reads magazines, like the physical ones, um, they're much thicker books in September. Like if it's a fashion magazine, um. And, um, so this is just a big deal to make, like, the September cover. Um, so, of course, Miss Anna Wintour, uh, chose Beyonce. And I guess it's, like, a big deal because she has given Beyonce, like, just all this control that I guess she doesn't typically give to the cover models. Um, and so the dope thing about what she's doing is she has hired a black photographer, the first black photographer. Um, I don't know if it's for just the cover or just the magazine, period, but for in, a, in the 126 years that Vogue has been around, which is insane that there's never been a black photographer, but not only that's dope that he's black, but he's so young. His name is Tyler Mitchell, and he's 23. Um, that is going to... Ch- I don't know how well known he was before this or where he was in his life and how she found him and I really don't know the backstory but um that is going to change his life uh it already has and he hasn't even shot it yet well I don't know if he shot it yet or no but anyway it's um that that is life-changing the fact that you're gonna have a September Vogue issue no matter who it was Beyonce or whoever to be able to say that you were the photographer to shoot a September cover of Vogue and you're 23 years old, even taking black out of the equation, like, that's a big deal. Like, you will always be able to work. Um, and I just think that that was so dope of Beyonce to do. 
Uh, and I think that's just what it's all about. It's just like helping one another. Um, and I don't know, I'm just really proud of Beyonce and where she's come in her career and just like how she's using her her celebrity and, and being so black um, as of the last few years. Like, you know, uh, Lemonade was just like, uh, like it was just the super ultimate like black feminist situation and then like you know and then the Super Bowl performance with the whole Black Panther um outfits and you know just um even Coachella how the whole thing was like HBCU themed and like and I like how she takes her blackness into white spaces um like she doesn't just reserve that kind of black for like BT award the NAACP style though she hasn't been one of those in forever but anyway um yeah like I really that's so dope like how she's just changing this young man's life like that is I know that's got to be so much pressure but I hope he knocks it out the park like and Beyonce's a perfectionist so like it's gonna be great um and the fact that he's just gonna have that on his resume like that is that is um that's amazing it really is um, to just have that type of opportunity. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait to see it because um, I love me some Beyonce. Now, I'm a little upset, though, about um, she's also not doing an interview, which everyone does an interview when you're on the cover of a magazine, and she's not doing an interview, which I'm very upset about. Like, Beyonce's become like this damn, like, unicorn. Like, I was just thinking about this the other day. I have not heard Beyonce, like, sit and talk. And forever, like to just sit and speak, um, in a minute, and I miss that, you know. And I know she's not the best like public speaker, and she's kind of shy, and you know all of that. And you know people like to kind of clown her and say she sounds unintelligent and blah 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 blah. But like, um, I just haven't heard her speak in a minute, and I just sometimes I just want to know like what she has to say about certain things, and just even her like own stuff and her like her career and her albums and tours and things like that like I don't know I remember a time where Beyonce was everywhere like y'all remember that time period from like 04 to like 06 07 like Beyonce actually I take that from like 03 to like 08 like for like five years Beyonce was everywhere you know like where if she released the album that week that entire week was Beyonce week like she was gonna be on Ellen and Oprah and The View and uh, you know, at the time, 106 in Park and TRL and, you know, Good Morning America and the Today Show. And, and she answered the same questions every time. You you watched every single thing. I remember I used to record everything on the DVR. And, of course, I would be at school. Um, but, like, I just really miss, like, super-duper promo Beyonce. Now she's kind of going into that, like, iconic status of like the Prince and Michael Jacksons and Madonnas and the people who just like, like, no, I don't do interviews. Like, one of them artists, like, and I'm like, okay, it's cute, I get it, but like, I I don't know, I'm just a little annoyed by this sometimes. I really, I don't know, I, I, I guess I miss more like humanized Beyonce. I just feel like she's just so untouchable um, within the last few years, but you know, really since she's become a mother, um, Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But anyway, um, I just think it's cool that she, you know, giving this young man the opportunity. That's what it's all about. 
and um, this is why I love Beyonce. In, in spite of, I mean, on top of her being, you know, um, gorgeous and you know she can sing her face off and perform like no other. Uh, on top of all of that, she still is like conscious and woke, and I just I love that. Like Beyonce is just getting better and better and better with time, just as far as like all the way around, and I. I really admire that. So shout out to B. Uh, yeah. So that's that. So uh, when we come back, uh, we'll get into random rants. Uh, really, I want to have one thing to talk about. I want to talk about like, you know, as black people, how we gotta start leveling up and how we can, how we can start small and build big. So. Uh, stay tuned. So we're getting into the uh, random rant. So I just really want to talk about, like, uh, you know, ways that black people, us everyday black people, how we need to really start leveling up and working our way towards black excellence. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the uh, 99% of us are not making money to open a school or we don't have the power to, you know, change the industry and and things like that but at the moment but um there's just things that I think we have to start with we have to start within ourselves and you know in order to level up and I wrote a couple things down that I think is so important with black people in particular like when it comes to leveling up most important thing is we got to stop focusing so much and putting so much energy into racism Yes, it is alive and well. No, it is not going anywhere anytime soon. So why focus on that when we can just be great? It's it's going to be here, y'all. So we might as well plow through it and give people something to really hate on. Um, I'm just so tired of the... the um, narrative sometimes of black people as a whole of of being victims yes we are victimized in racism but i believe we can be victimized without being the victim and i know that probably doesn't make sense but on a from a literal standpoint but like you know we we have to be able to like you know navigate through this differently and not being angry and bitter and aggressive and you know, we have to really, like, take advantage of the opportunities that come our way, create our own, and and excel. And so that's the first thing we got to do is stop putting so much energy into racism. Uh, I, it's like acknowledge it, put it in your back pocket, and keep it moving. You know, um, 
I don't walk around every day as a black man. I don't walk around with that cloud over me of like, oh, I'm a black man. I'm feared and I'm hated and I, you know, this and that. I don't do that. Um, and I think that's what, you know, we have to understand. Like, we have to learn how to, um, I cannot think of the word right now, but just, you know, take that and just tuck it away. Let that lie dormant in you, you know? Um, one of the other things that we have got to work on our health and wellness, like black people are dying every day, young and old, of so many things. Um, you know, we have to get a grip on this high blood pressure and diabetes thing. Like, it is a real deal. Like, I, all of us as black people know somebody in our family or, or in our household or whatever that deals with one of the two, if not both. Um, you know, and I try to make a conscious effort to, you know, not do certain things. I don't have a weight issue and I don't have a blood pressure issue or an issue with sugar right now. And I don't plan to, but there are certain things that I, I'm conscious about that I try not to do because I don't want to deal with that down the line. Um, you know, um, a couple of months ago, you know, my grandmother actually had a, a TIA that was due to uh, a blood sugar spike, and it was her second one she's had in a few years, and, you know, um, and so it just makes you, you know, kind of think my mother also has diabetes, and it's on both sides of my family, and there's blood pressure stuff going on, and so, you know, you just really want to take care of yourself in that way not only in your body but also in your mind mental health is so important um i'm so sensitive to that as a virgo um because i'm although i'm silly and and all of that kind of thing and i can be social and and i know how to i know how to turn on the outgoing gene i'm actually very introverted um and so i'm always you know introvert. we live from the inside out so I'm, I'm very self-aware and I'm always checking myself and I really protect my mental health. And it's something that I think Virgos just do well. Um, I, we, we just do that well. Every Virgo I've come across, we, we just know how to protect our mental health because we, we low-key kind of crazy. <laughs> um because we have so much going on in our minds and so we can become overwhelmed and sometimes we just have to like uh, kind of get rid of some of the, it's like a computer you know we, we just get on overload sometimes and we have to get rid of certain things and you know and some and we're more sensitive about doing that I think than a lot of other people um, you know I know the person I'm dating right now it's the same way. Um, and they're a Virgo. The, also, like, um, uh, a, my best friend has a really good friend, a uh, good girlfriend of his. Shout out to Nancy. She actually has a podcast. Y'all really should check it out. It's called the Everything Is Podcast. I think it's just called Everything Is. Um, and I think her name on social media is just Nancy P, maybe? Oh, Lord, I'm just jacking up her little shameless plug. But um, 
uh, I've met her a couple of times, and uh, she lives in Atlanta with, uh, as well as my best friend do, and she's a Virgo, and we do some of the same things, and my friend Malcolm always is like, man, it's so funny that, you know, y'all do some of the exact same things, and say some of the same things, and, uh, you know, it's really a Virgo thing. The thing in common that we have that, and, you know, we're not friends, because we, you know, like I said, I've only met her a couple of times and everything, but um, one thing that we have in common a lot that Malcolm laughs about is that Nancy and I will call off work in a heartbeat. Like, I have, like, I literally would just wake up one morning and just be like, mm not today. Nope. Good night. And I can't deal. Like, I just can't deal. Um, I, Sometimes I just have to, like, decompress. Like, I don't, I can't do too much stress at one time. I have to, like, isolate myself from the situation. Um, and, and don't let me hate my job. It, it, sometimes that becomes a once-a-week thing, you know. And I keep it real, I've gotten fired from a lot of jobs. Actually, every job that I ever have been fired from has been a, an attendance thing. Every single one that I've been fired from has been an attendance thing because I will use and use and use my little PTO until and then when it's gone, I'm still calling up. Um, I like I have to have a moment like just to myself. So I started calling them Virgo days. Um, once Malcolm told me that his friend Nancy does the same thing. Like sometimes in the in the week, you just be like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do Monday through Friday. Like I need Monday Tuesday. And then Thursday and Friday, I can take I gotta take Wednesday off. Like it's just it's nuts. Um, and we really need to like, as as black people, learn how to really protect our mental health. Go to therapy if you need to go to therapy. Um, it's so funny. I used to want to be a a therapist. Um, and I think I would make a good one, but I just recently decided that I I, I kind of want to go in a different direction because I don't think I can. I'm also in. Um, an empath, and I don't think I can, um, I don't know if I'll be able to, like, leave that there every day, like, I think I would take all of that with me from my clients, and I don't know if I, I, I can, I could deal with that, um, so, I changed my mind with that, but, and, um, I think therapy is, would be a good, I've never been, but, I think I would enjoy it. Um, I do a lot of self-therapy, to be honest, though. Like, I really do. Um, But, yeah, we really got to get on that. Like, we have to start really protecting our mental health because it is very important. Um, You know, another thing, our finances, and I'm really speaking to myself about this. I'm really trying to get these finances together, Uh, you know, when it comes to, like, credit and, you know... um, you know, start small, pay off, start paying off those little, um, what is the word I'm looking for, Lord, but you know what I'm trying to say, basically, you know, your little bills on your, uh, on your credit report, you know, start paying off some of those things, start saving, I'm a really bad saver, um, because I'm not cheap, I've never been frugal, ever, ever, um, I know how to stretch a dollar. Don't get me wrong, I really do. But I'm also not frugal at all. Like I 
and everybody calls me on the I can be in the grocery store I don't look at prices for food like I just I'm not frugal um and it's not me thinking like oh I'm the shit and I you know I don't look at price tags but it's not even that like I'm just not I don't know I'm just not frugal in that way um and there's some people who are just really great my actual my younger brother and sister are actually much more financially responsible than I am. My brother is 19 years old and my sister is 21. And they, like, saving accounts, not to put their business out there, saving accounts on Swole. Like, they, they are really good with money. Um, also, one of my best friends, Jory, is really good at money, with money. Uh, you know, and his credit and everything. You know, he owns a home and, you know, the whole thing. He's not even 30 yet. Um, and... Um, I feel like my other friend Malcolm is like in between. <laughs> I feel like he's like half responsible and half not. Like Malcolm's that person that I think saves, but then also is one of the people that will drop, you know, a substantial amount of money in the mall when he feels like it. Um, but like, yeah, like, so just getting your finances together, not spending everything you have. Like, I know my two weaknesses in money, honestly, is 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 in a, entertainment like um the shopping thing that has went away because I, I i shop but it's not not like i used to at all like i mean i buy a shirt here and there and you know whatever but like i used to be like a big shopper um now it's more like the entertainment thing it's those those dinners and um those club nights and those sort of things like and even the club nights are not so bad, like, I mean, because I don't spend a whole lot of money with that, but, like, who those, like, dinners and food really is just, I'm just going to say, food is really probably the most money I spend, um, and that's between, like, lunches during the week at work, um, you know, of course, the grocery store, and then, you know, dinners out you know like right now I'm dating and you know that sort of thing so like I, I love that lifestyle I like to be able to just get up and go to dinner and have drinks like whenever I want and I think like that's fine but what I'm learning is like you have to like save the money to build up to that way you can be able to do that uh, and so I'm, I'm trying to get that I like to travel I haven't really traveled in a minute either but um yeah, like, so just learn to get your finances together in, in order and, you know, um, I remember this, this statistic I was reading not too long ago, like the average American can't afford a $400 emergency, and that's so true, and $400 emergency happened to me right now, I'd be fucked, um, <laughs> and I just think, like, we just gotta do better, like, we gotta do better when it comes to that, um, that's like right now I'm I'm supposed to be going to Miami for my birthday and we are going. Uh, as my mother said, come hook or crook, I'll be going. But like I am dreading this plane ticket. Like I'm putting it off more and more and more and more because I'm just like, oh my God. Like because when you don't have any money saved, you're just like, oh my God, that's going to be such a chunk of my check and this and this. So like, you know, and so I finally had to say like yesterday, like Nick, like, Come on now, like, put part of the plane ticket away, this check, and then the other check, 
the next check, you know, then you do it. Don't, uh, I'm a big person of like doing things all at one time. Like I have a really bad habit of that. Like if something that I want is, let's say $500, I don't save $100 out of each paycheck until I get five. I just go and spend $500 on it right then and there. And then I'm broke until the next check because I, I got it. Like I'm just one of those people. And so I'm really trying to break that. Um, so Lord, pray for my strength in the Lord. Um, <laughs> and another thing is like get on our our entrepreneurship, our business. Like, you know, stop waiting for you know somebody to create a situation for us or validate us in that. Like, and you know the white man's approval and all of that. Like, it's people out here making big moves by you know doing what they love and it it turning into something you know the podcast thing that's really how I started this like I would love to be on the radio um I would yeah I would would love to have my own radio show and you know but I'm not gonna wait around and you know uh you know go to go to school for x amount of years and get a degree in, in journalism and this and this and that and then wait around for, you know, a big wig to pick me to to be on a, you know, I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to waste any time and create my own opportunity. That's what the world of podcasting is all about. So that's what I'm doing. You know, so it's just, you know, taking one step at a time, putting one foot in front of the other. And that's how you level up and get to that that space of black excellence like as we we really as a people we gotta do that like we gotta start using our gifts and talents and you know as my grandmother always says like you know your gift really will make room for you you know you know that's like this podcast it is a struggle i'm not gonna lie to do this sometimes um because it feels so pointless at times i'm just like okay like i don't i'm not getting paid to do this i enjoy it but sometimes it's just a struggle because I'm someone who I'm about instant gratification. And I don't really see the, the for me, I, have, I always laugh and say I have like a godlike complex. Like I want to see the everything from the beginning to the end. And, you know, it's, it, it's, it's tough sometimes when you don't know. I'm that person I always I use the alphabet as an example. Like if if I'm standing at A, I like to be able to look and see A, B all the way to Z. Um, when I can't, it makes me uneasy. And that's the space I'm in with this podcast. Like it's literally like each week it's like, okay, A to B to C to D. And I don't know what's happening in the next phase. And that sometimes can make me a little uneasy but I'm just kind of like plowing through it because I truly believe like you start these passion projects for yourself and something comes up it you know I'm speaking that I I will be able to you know have some sort of platform a large platform you know in the near future so that's that so we gotta you know we gotta really learn how to just level up from where we are start small and and work your way up i read something today about like you know dream big accomplish that then go back to sleep and dream again and do it over again like that's what 
you know, it's all about. So we just gotta we gotta do better though, cause I, I see some ratchet stuff sometimes with our people, and I'm just like, really, y'all, come on. Uh, but you know, we all have our stuff, so we can't judge. Um, oh, sorry. Well, I love me some juice. I don't know if y'all know if I talked about this. I fucking love juice. Like, whew, juice is bad, like, for real. Um, but I've been doing good. I've been on this new thing, trying to get back on Wow, I only drink water throughout the day at work. And then I have juice with, like, my dinner. And I ate dinner before I started recording. Um, and so this is the glass of juice that I had. Anyway, that was so random, but uh, <laughs> I guess it's called random rant. Um, when we come back, I'm gonna do my my champagne toast, and then I'm introducing it's the same segment of what we're calling the roast, but I'm just giving it a different name. So stay tuned. Okay, so we're going to get into my champagne toast. Um, goes out to somebody who I really, really, really like a lot, um, to Kid Fury. Uh, for those of y'all who don't know who Kid Fury is, he started out as a uh, YouTube uh, vlogger, I guess, um, some years ago. And I think I first saw him, there was a video... That he did. It was called. Um, it's back when people were making videos of like, you know, like it was like something, something people say, like what, you know, like different types of people. And his was a uh, shit gay black men say. That was the first time I ever saw a video of him, and he was just saying all these like phrases that gay black men say. And I just remember thinking he was so funny. And I started watching his videos where he would, you know, be talking about. You know, just things in pop culture, and he just cracks me up. The way he speaks cracks me up. Like, Kid Fear has this tone of voice to me that makes me laugh because he has, like, a... It's like Calabasas, but then it's, like, Ratchet at the same time. Like, I don't know why that voice voice cracks me up so much. Um, because it's so dry and unbothered, but then... What he's talking about, he has passion about. <laughs> it's hard to describe it. Like I don't know, if you're funny to me. Um, but he is uh, also now on a really, really popular podcast. One of the podcasts that actually made me want to start a podcast. Um, the first podcast I've actually ever listened to ever. Um, the Read. And um, but the reason he's my toast this this week is because uh, he just. I guess kind of ink the deal where he's he's working on a show on HBO with um what's her name oh my god Lena Lena somebody oh shit but anyway um I just love the fact that he has really developed his career um you know recently the read um had 
celebrated their fifth anniversary and they had a sold out show at the Apollo Theater. Like, I just remember when this boy was on YouTube talking about, you know, ghetto snacks and Kim Kardashian and Beyonce and like just talking shit. Like, and now he's, you know, developing a show for HBO. Like, it just shows, like, you just never know where your life can go. Like, um, and just, and I feel like he really had no, like, blueprint or map. I really feel like, you know, he just fell into, like, he just leaned into it, as everybody's saying. Now, like, I just felt like he really just went with what felt right. And it just happened. You know what I mean? Like, I, there's something about him that I feel like he didn't sit down and write out all this stuff and was like, in two years, I'm going to do this. In two years, I'm going to be there and do this and do that. I feel like he just went with what his gift, which is, you know, he has the gift of gab and he has great personality and, and, and you know, so on and so forth. And, um, and he's easy on the eyes, too. You know, that's a whole other conversation. I used to have a big crush on him anyway. But anyway, uh he really is, um, you know, just, he's just really elevated his, his career, and I'm so proud of him, just because I love when I, there's somebody who I watched from the beginning, and see them grow so much, because it, it's, it's inspiring, because you feel like you know them, and you, you really feel, as corny as it sounds, like, oh, if they can do it, I can do it too, and you know, that whole thing. So, like, it's it's really, it's great to see. So, shout out to you, boo. I'm so proud of you. Um, you you really are out here doing it. Um, and I just like that he's just authentically a gay black man. Like, <laughs> like, authentically. No apologies, no fucks given. Like, that's, and I, I love that. And he's so respected. Like, you know, he, you know, niggas like Charlemagne you know, respect him and all of that, like, he he's really doing his thing, um, so shout out to him, um, so I decided, you know, with this podcast, that you guys are gonna learn, because, you know, listen, we're still in the beginning stages, I think this is only episode 13, I think, uh, there's gonna be, like, changes made, I have the right to do that, it's my fucking show, so, uh, <laughs> I decided that um, I'm not going to call my segment, uh, you know, I do the champagne toast. I'm going to keep that, but I'm no longer going to call it uh, a roast for something that I want to talk about that's, I guess, sort of negative. Um, I decided to call it a, uh, by the name of something. I say this phrase all the time in my everyday life, and I was like, why not call it that? And I always say, and I'm sure I've said it on this show, uh, is can we not, can we not I know I, I know I said it last week because I was so disgusted by that whole Biggie Faith Evans thing I, I can't even I can't even go back into that um but um so the new segment is just gonna be called Can We Not and this week's Can We Not hold on I fucking love this note Okay, um, <laughs> this week's Can't We Not goes to homophobic black people. I was thinking, like, what am I going to talk about this week for this segment? 
and I was like, I'm talking about black excellence and you know how we, you know, so many, you know, black people are doing such great things and how we also need to level up and this and that. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna keep it black. Black people, we have got to stop being so goddamn homophobic. Like, get a life. Um, seriously, like, and this is stemming from something I saw on Shade Room. And they, they really set it up. And I knew they wanted to just test the waters with the comment section. But, um, so the rapper Young Thug wished Lil Uzi a happy birthday. And he put it in his, uh, his story. And <laughs> it was a picture. Now, don't get me wrong, this was funny. He put a picture of him and was like, happy birthday, my love, with these, like, pink hearts and shit. Now, granted, I did laugh. I got a good, you know, giggle out of it. It was a key. But, um, I, to me, it was just that. Like, it was just kind of like, oh, God, there, you know, there they go. It was funny. All of the comment sections was nuts. Like, I mean, every other comment. I, as a matter of fact, no, it was more than, like, out of... And I know I read, because I told you I'm a crazy comment reader. I know I read probably about 500 comments until I just got tired. Um, and I think probably out of that 500, maybe 25 of them were positive things. Like, it was so crazy. Like, everybody, men, women, um, it was just all this. And for whatever reason, I'm very, I expect homophobia from men, particularly black men. But um, when it comes to black women, it's very odd to me. I don't know why. Like, it's just really odd. Um, and it was actually more women commenting than men. Um, and, you know, they were just saying all this crazy shit and it's like hateful stuff. And, and I'm like, I don't understand. Like, we have got to learn that. black men we have got to start loving each other and I don't mean that in a romantic way I mean we've got to really start showing love to one another and I I don't really know what else to say about that like we just we have got to do that more that is the issue with a lot of us we are so aggressive um, because nobody loves us I find that the men that are not um super aggressive and defensive and just rough and all that are men who grew up with fathers i'm gonna use my brother as a prime example my brother is a straight black man um 19 years old big dude he would intimidate the average person um but my brother is super sweet he was so mad i would call him sweet but he's but he really like he's just a sweetheart like my brother is such a nice guy um, and he is very loving and protecting and, and he's not really judgmental and, and that sort of thing. And, but his father was, is very present in his life. His father is probably his favorite person in the world. And I find, and his father shows love towards him. And I, I just noticed that I think if you don't, if you didn't grow up, feeling loved by a black man you don't really know how to show love to another black man um you know and I wasn't shown love by my father as a black but I was uh, my grandfather who has who has passed away um really showed me love and I think that's why I I know how to you know show that love back but like we gotta cut that shit out like you know 
and this double standard of men and women and what men can say and what what women can say what men can't like you know women say things all the time like you know I, I love you and my love and this and this and that and whatever and when black men show that type of love to another black man it's always like oh that's suspect and you know I'm I'm kind of over the word sis now. It was funny and cute at first, but now it's just kind of annoying. Um, but, you know, like, I'm just kind of like, why do we always have to do that? That was like um, the clip that's going around of the baseball players. And the guy was kind of like laying in the other guy's lap. And he was kind of consoling him, it looked like. And everyone jumped off this judgment and whatever. And now we found out that it was because they were friends who grew up together. And the guy found out his mom died during the game. So it's just like, and now everybody wants to come back like, oh, that's so tender. And and I'm like, well, everybody was calling him a fag first. So I'm just kind of like, you know, come on, y'all. Like, get a grip. Get a life, preferably your own. And, uh... You know, stop being so goddamn homophobic and quit bringing Jesus in, in this, like, to your bullshit. Um, I, I'm just so over that. Like, I'm just like, are we still doing that in 2018? Like, can we not? Can, see, now that was a natural thing, I swear. But can, can we not? Um, and that's exactly why we're calling it that segment. Can we not? I need to put that on the shirt. Um, but that is all I have for today. Um... Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in, those of you that do. Um, keep supporting me, you know. Um, that's all I can say. I'm going to do this thing until the wheels fall out, until I'm tired of doing it. So uh, make sure you follow me on Instagram at official underscore Nico. That's N-I-C-H-O. And the podcast has its own Instagram page at Champagne Problems. Make sure y'all follow me. Get the word out. Tag some people. Share it. You know. Don't be tacky. Support your boy. Um, But that is all I have for today. So until next time. Cheers.